I wasn't surprised to realize that last weekend marked the 40th anniversary of the release of E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Steven Spielberg's great 1982 movie starring Henry Thomas and, of course, a very young Drew Barrymore, um, seven at the time. It was a massive success. I don't even can't even tell you how many times I saw it. Um, I even started eating Reese's Pieces, of course, as we all did that summer and riding our BMX bikes around because it was such an iconic film. If you want to taste of what it was here's a clip et can you say that can you say et 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 be good be good i taught him that too you should give him his dignity this is the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen phone phone he said phone he said phone can't you understand English? He said phone. Home? You're right. That's E.T.'s home. E.T. Home phone. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. E.T. Phone home. There you go. The iconic phone home. Joining me now is Kevin Martin. He's the owner of the Lobby Video Store at Edmonton. Kevin, thanks so much for your time tonight. Hey, anytime, Ben. Uh, can never <laughs> go wrong with talking some old school Spielberg. No kidding. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw it? Sort of? Yep, 1982. Six-year-old yeah. me in the theater, dragged by my father. And it's funny, Ben. I just, you know, I thought I'd you know, jog my memory. So I watched it yesterday at my old video store. And, uh, man, still right in the feels, brother. Right in the still feels. Good. Still good? So good. So I'd heard this thing. Maybe you can clear this up for me because I was about 11 when it came out. I'm older. I'm older by a bit. Um, and I was told that kids who had seen it who were a bit younger – we're a bit freaked out by it. Like it wasn't really a kid. It wasn't a Disney film by any stretch of the imagination. It was a real, like there were a lot of pretty, there was a lot of, it was a roller coaster ET. I, even I found it at that age. Well, to be honest, you know, it, it was the design of ET itself was kind of, well, it, it, we'd never seen anything like it. Right. And like, I'm so grateful that, uh, you know, our generation got to grow up in the 80s uh, when it came to movies because, like, I don't, you know, we never want to sound like the old guys. Like, movies aren't the same anymore, but there was something magical back then. And the practical effects were, were a big, big thing in, in, in that decade. And the look of E.T. was just so unique. You know, Ben, I'm sure you maybe realize or don't realize, originally, E.T. was meant to be a sequel to Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 77. The studio was right. really pressuring him to do a sequel. So originally the idea was it was going to be more of a horror movie themed genre about, uh, you know, the ET type of aliens coming down and terrorizing uh, a suburban family. But at the last minute, Spielberg, who had already been working on another project dealing with growing up in a single family home in the suburbs, which was a, still a theme in ET that felt more important to him. So the studio decided to take one idea instead of making it a group of aliens terrorizing a suburban family, turning into Ghost, and that became Poltergeist, the other movie that he was involved with that same year. And then Spielberg got to take the more family-friendly version using this alien concept to create E.T., which is pretty cool. 
It is. And I gather there was a lot about his own growing up, like, you know, the, the divorced parents living in the yep. burbs. So there was a lot about that movie, even though, and he was only 35 at the time. I forget how young he was when he started making big movies. But even when he made E.T., he was just in his mid-30s. So he wasn't that far removed from being that, you know, young boy growing up in the burbs. No, not at all. And it's funny when, when, you know, it's funny when we're like, oh, they want to talk to him right here about a Steven Spielberg movie. And, you know, you're thinking, well, which one? I mean, the man had made so many. He literally created the summer blockbuster with Jaws, which is my personal favorite movie of all time. I make no bones about that. Then he no comes back to Raider with, uh, with Closing Counters. Then he does Raiders of the Lost Ark and reinvents that whole story arc of the, uh, the adventure movie. And then he makes E.T. But all of his movies... He felt very personal about it, dealing with, yeah, a guy that grew up in, in the suburbs from kind of a broken family. His folks were divorced at a young age, and that was a, a theme he always wanted to carry on. And, you know, rewatching E.T. yesterday again, yeah, it is about the alien and about, you know, the amazing special effects and John Williams' score and, and how it's still getting in the feels. But it kind of created that whole 80s genre of, of young kid adventure movies. You know, which would spawn to the Goonies and Explorers and Gremlins and even the Monster Squad. But it 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 boggles my mind, Ben, that looking back in movie history, when Spielberg pitched the movie to Columbia TriStar, they had the original dibs on it. They thought it would fail. They said, "Nope, it's too family friendly." So he had to go to Universal Studios instead. And they took a chance on it. And of course, at the time, E.T. became the highest grossing movie ever made. It beat out his old buddy George Lucas's Star Wars by a long shot, which is pretty crazy to think. Yeah, it was everywhere. I, I, I always love that story that they had also approached M&M's to be the, the candy of choice, and they said no. Uh, so Reese's Pieces, thus the Reese's Pieces. One of the things I always found really, and you're right, it does remind me of movies like Stand By Me, which are really movies yep. about kids doing kids things scene for me one of the things i found just rewatching parts of it over the weekend was that the whole thing was filmed from kind of a kid's perspective other than the ones that are filmed from et's perspective that and i found that really interesting to notice again yeah it absolutely was and and to they couldn't have picked uh, better actors like child actors i mean obviously drew barrymore came from you know acting royalty with who her parents were but the other smart thing that Spielberg did was he re- he didn't ever allow the children to see the the, the puppeteering behind it. They, he only wanted to see when, when the puppet was ready, and he shot the movie in chronological order. So by the time we came up to those really heartbreaking emotional scenes where E.T. is you know virtually dying with all these you know evil-looking scientist guys probing him behind the plastic. That reaction you get from Drew Barrymore when they're trying to like you know re- you know bring him back to life. I mean, she is crying for real. Like she was shaken up on that set. And Henry Thomas, you know, he always said those those tears are real. Like they just became so engrossed with it. But yeah, it, again, that movie was about the kids. E.T. E. was left on Earth. You know, he was kind of forgotten. Elliot Henry Thomas's character, of course, was a kid that. Uh, Never, he was a loner. He couldn't quite fit in. He wasn't coping well dealing with, uh, you know, growing up in a, in a divorced household. And so those those two characters were, were connected. And um, it, it, it's just, like I said, I hadn't watched it in years till yesterday. And I thought I'd throw it on again. And my God, it is just as effective now as it was back then. Like, I'm a 46-year-old man, and I was almost blubbering like I was seven years old again in that theater. It was ridiculous. 
did you notice anything about it this time? <laughs> I get you. Like I, 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 you know, I felt the same way watching the clips. You know, sort of rewatching just the highlights of it to try and find some some audio for tonight. I, it all came back. You know, those scenes of him getting drunk and uh, and Drew Barrymore's character, obviously. Uh, you know, but it was yeah, him seeing Yoda on the street, which was apparently yeah. a nod in that Halloween walk where he notices Yoda, and that was apparently a nod to Lucas by Spielberg. Yeah, there was also a deleted scene, I believe, where uh, Elliot gets called in the principal's office out of school, you know, because he's a little bit of an outcast child. And the principal was played by Harrison Ford, but it never made it to the final cut, you know, just throwing in more of that there. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, did you notice anything watching it this time that you hadn't remembered? Because I, it's funny when you when you think about movies, sometimes when you see them again, you realize that you'd kind of reinvented the movie in your mind. Usually they're a lot shorter and you've kind of reinvented parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. like I said, I forgot, like, I thought maybe I was overreacting, thinking about my childhood, remembering it, watching it as a kid, like how terrifying certain moments were, especially with the scientists breaking into the house and stuff. But again, watching it yesterday, and this is like a grown adult, it is still terrifying. Like, yeah, these, you know, like this was like <clears throat> a movie that almost showed like, oh, you know, don't trust the scientists. Don't trust the government. They're there to probe and take advantage of you in so many ways <laughs> on a sinister level. And I just, from a child's point of view, watching that movie, it, it's got to be terrifying still. And it still freaked me out as an adult. But um you know, the, the other thing that that movie, and I don't know if it, it, you feel the same way. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of my younger customers where I tell them, like, listen, man, like, there's something about that era of filmmaking that the magic is kind of gone in a weird way. Because that maybe it was John Williams music. I don't know. But it just, it, it made you feel like, man, look, nobody has a cell phone. Let's just go on our, on our BMXs and go on an adventure. And let's save an alien. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's get in these crazy things. Like, it just... You can't recapture that that era anymore, I don't think. I know Stranger Things tries desperately, but there's just something innocent and pure about it. I mean, literally, if I may say, just before we got on here, obviously I listened to you know what's going on in the news uh, before before we started talking here. I'm like, oh, everything's just terrible and depressing these days, isn't it? Thank you, E.T. Thank you for reminding me of a simpler time. And uh, it was, that was the magic was, of Spielberg of the 80s, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think when they they didn't have as much reliance on special effects and so on, that there was just a lot of storytelling. That I mean, at the end, yeah. at the end of it, ET is just a very well told tale. It's a very good story uh, in many ways. And 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 yeah. you know, I, I've tried to force people to I've tried to force younger people to watch things like The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and like, oh my god, this is slow. And you're like, well, yeah, that, <laughs> it was a bit slow, but you know, there's a car chase I think coming up, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny though, hey Ben. When when I try to get the other people to watch it, they'll, they'll, they'll come back like, "Yo, Cap, I watched that movie, but man, some of that stuff they say you can't say that anymore. That's very that too. how do we say There's politically incorrect? You know, you know, my excuse is I'm always like, hey, it was the '80s. It was a different time. All right, they meant well. Just you know, we've learned, but uh, just 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 take the good stuff, not the bad stuff. But uh, et yeah, is the, it, definitely right, et though. is definitely the good et is definitely the good stuff. I would say. Oh, it was beyond the good stuff. You know, uh, another thing, they really tried to pressure Spielberg to do the sequel, and he was right. contemplating it. And the idea of the sequel was going to be E.T. kind of comes back to Earth, but along with E.T., more of his race comes, but these ones are a little bit more mischievous, and they end up causing havoc in a small town. 
And instead of doing an E.T. sequel, that concept turned into the 1984 movie Gremlins instead. I, I remember it well. Gremlins was fantastic. Another good, I mean, again, another movie you probably couldn't remake today, but it was it was certainly good at the time. Now, that was, uh, that was a good <laughs> You're right. It was it was a magical time. Even the Goonies. Stand By Me would be my favorite of uh, other ones of that of that bunch. Stand By Me. You know, it's funny whenever it was, it, that movie has aged so well. And also people like the last person you think linked to Stand By Me is Stephen King. When you say Stephen King, you don't think of Stand By Me. But no, that's his. And it, it is. is fantastic. And, you know, I, I, I guess that's what shows like Stranger Things in today's era are trying to recapture that 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 time and in that frame. But, um, you know, and, and God bless. They're doing the best they can. But it, it's hard to replicate something uh, of, you know, anything between, like, what we're talking, 1982 to probably 1988 was just, especially with kids' adventure movies, it was just something, I don't know. Before You're right, and they never had to rely on special effects. I mean, this yeah. is before the Harry Potters of the world, so. Yeah, was, and, you, and, and, and Kevin, you know, as they say, you know, you can't go back. We can't be young again, unfortunately. So it is about, it's a magical time. It's like hearing, I don't know, it's like hearing hollow notes on the radio or something. <laughs> you know, it brings back, you got it, it brings well, back hey, memories. We, <laughs> no, you're right. Hey, we live in a time right now, though. We can go back because, you know, I, I know I, I mentioned the strange, strange Things twice. The number one song on Billboard charts right now is Kate Bush. And that's know, because of Stranger that. Things. A Absolutely. 1985 song has reached number one again because of a, a TV top, show paying yeah, tribute at, to the 80s. And a top, a top Gun movie is number one. Kate Bush is number one. Feels and like the, the Russians are evil again. again. So yeah. it's the 80s. What it's are you going to do, 80s. right? Exactly. Kevin Martin, thanks so much for your time. It's been fascinating. My favorite Spielberg film, kind of a weird, I always liked Duel. If you, I don't know if you've seen his first one. Duel Brother, that was his That's major awesome TV movie. Yeah, I love, love it. One. It's a fantastic yeah. film. And remember this, when that truck goes off the cliff at the end, that sound yeah. you hear is the roar that you also hear after Bruce the Shark gets shot by Chief Brody and Jaws. He uses the exact really? same sound. I didn't know that. I'll have to remember and watch them both. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time tonight. Hey, Ben, thanks. Anytime, man. Anytime. You want to nerd out anytime, you let me know. I'm there for you, man. Welcome. All right. <laughs>